Here are several reasons why you should choose Tally and Twine Watch Company. Number one, we offer a two-year product warranty, so don't worry about fading or malfunctions. Number two, there's no risk to you. We offer both free shipping and free returns. Number three, the number seven represents completion and reminds you to finish what you start. Number four, why buy a lookalike watch when you can wear a true conversation piece? Number five, your satisfaction is guaranteed and we have hundreds of reviews to prove it. Number six, you can choose from our metal, leather, or canvas timepieces and we have styles for every occasion. Number seven, we offer the best features at the best value, hands down. Tally and Twine Watch Company, it's time to make your mark. Welcome to the Savage Truth Podcast. This is your host, Pastor Roy Dockery, uh, back on the road yet again and uh, about to uh, lace some of my thoughts and mentality upon this podcast to share it with you all. Um, Thank you for joining us um, on my uh, hiatus from ordinary travel. I now have to create long drives um, in which I can find a little uh, quiet time to, to, to delve into these topics until... We're in our new home, and my studio is back into uh, into full working order. But um, the last previous episodes, right? I've, I've shared some sermons as well as I'm um, kind of going into some of the some of the things that we see on social media and the different angles that people are playing with regards to black on black crime. And I also addressed um, in the last episode faith regarding uh, the Black Lives Matter movement, and you know, and kind of my alignment with them fundamentally, and um, and how my support falls. So. For those of you who follow me on social media, whether it's LinkedIn or Facebook or Instagram, I don't really do Twitter often, um, even though there are things from my LinkedIn that uh, kind of get transposed to Twitter. You will see me sharing as well as uh, wearing a T-shirt that says make racism illegal. Um, so today I kind of want to dive into the topic of making racism, make racism illegal at a high level, just so people kind of have an understanding. Um, cause one, some of you are buying this shirt and then wearing it and getting weird looks and getting approached by people who are, um, or, or some of the things that I've heard, like racism is illegal. Um, and you know, and in the irony of, of people wanting to address your shirt, um, even though it's something they probably likely have never thought of, or they've something they've also never seen somebody actually get prosecuted for, because if it's illegal, people should be going to jail for it. So with that said, I kind of want to offer some context for my uh, Make Racism Illegal supporters so that you have some ammunition or at least um, at least some rebuttals when people challenge um, the concept. But, you know, I don't want you out there kind of creating a concept on demand. I at least want to give you the context to which I say make racism illegal and why that's one of the things that I drive. So if you listen to my previous podcast episode about the Black Lives Matter movement, um, you will know that I said I think the fundamental issue with racism in the country is that the country um, is rooted in white supremacy and the fact that white supremacy has never been declared terrorism in America has made it hard for a lot of white supremacists um, kind of uh, lightly hate-filled activities um, to be deemed illegal, right? To be deemed hate speech, to be deemed um, terroristic threats and things of that nature because white supremacy is not terrorism, right? 
um, you know, Islamic extremism is terrorism, right? They, I think they're already at the point they're trying to declare Antifa, which is anti-fascism, terrorism. Um, you know, there, there are a lot of um, organizations, you know, they essentially treated the Black Panthers as terrorists and dismantled, you know, and like, you know, and attempted to dismantle that entire organization. But America has avoided and just completely left out white supremacy from the discussion of terrorism because when you declare an ideology terroristic in the associated organizations terroristic now there's a federal level right a national level of oversight in how those criminal charges are managed by either Department of Homeland Security or um, or the Department of Justice um, you know the FBI and things of that nature the FBI follows up on terroristic threats it's not just left to the local officials or the local, um, you know, the local state um, and city police departments to determine whether or not they feel something is a terrorist threat, right? There's like, there's like a federal action required for things that are deemed um, terrorist activities at a federal level. So I'm, I, my assumption is since we're in, in America, we're very strong on state rights and we don't want to impinge upon any individual state's ability to handle racism like we didn't want to impinge on any individual state's ability to handle slavery, that we keep domestic terrorism, especially white supremacist direct um, domestic terrorism, kind of something that's handled at a local level by local law enforcement with really no federal mandate, federal funding, and federal oversight because white supremacy is seen as an act of terrorism in America. So when I say make racism illegal, one thing I'm advocating for is for white supremacist organizations based on their own mission statements and in some, in some cases their nonprofit charter statement that white supremacy is determined to, you know, especially violent white supremacy, is determined to be a terrorist organization, right? Like the history we have in America, the violence that's been had at the hands of terrorists, at, um, at white supremacist terrorists, there should be no argument that, you know, like people who hold violent white supremacist ideologies not only act upon them, um, but they also cause harm to citizens of the United States of America. So that's one point about making racism illegal, is about making white supremacist hate groups terrorist organizations and treating them as such. So that's one point. Then there's the, the Karen and Ken side of Make Racism Illegal, which is a lot of the news articles that I share, um, especially on my Facebook page. I don't really share them much because people don't click links on Instagram. But if you follow me on Facebook, I normally share a lot of news um, that I in turn hashtag or make the statement make racism illegal or make racism expensive, right? Because not everything that's illegal leads to jail time. Some things that are illegal lead to fines and penalties um, and, you know, people losing their job, losing their driver's license, losing concealed carry permits, losing things that wind up costing them money. Um, so when I'm saying illegal and expensive, when I say expensive, I'm not specifically talking about, um, you know, like civil penalties. I'm talking about things that are criminal but the but the penalty for those criminal things are it's an expense, right? Like it's a it's a fine, it's a penalty, it's you know classes, whatever else. Kind of like when you get a DUI, all the stuff they make you go through to get your driver's license back, right? They didn't put you in jail for driving under the influence or driving while intoxicated, but it was very expensive for you to get your license back. So in that case, drinking was expensive, and drinking while driving is illegal, um, but it was illegal and also expensive. So with that said. With the Karens and the Kins of the world, especially in the, in the coronavirus pandemic, where people seem to be, um, you know, a bit more on edge than usual, 
we have these instances that we continue to see, like the Amy Coopers, where the police are being weaponized by people who either suffer from severe white fear, um, pe some people who are openly racist, um, and some people who are, you know, who are, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't even know how to describe them, right? They, they have some kind of premise in their mind that it's their job to, uh, to, to basically deal with the legality of everyone's behavior, and they choose to be Detective McGruff and run around trying to call the cops on everybody based on what everyone's doing, despite the fact they actually have no knowledge of the law whatsoever um, in what actually would constitute a, a legal or illegal action. So then what winds up happening is the burden of proof is put on the police department. I did check with a detective friend of, ours, of, of, of mine that I know uh, who's actually involved with the dispatch center for the police department, and he did confirm for me that, in fact, the dispatchers do not do any determination. There is no triaging of an incoming call. Calls that come in get dispatched to the police. So you can call in and say the boogeyman is under my bed. They will dispatch the police, right? They dispatch the police. The police have to triage almost on site whether or not something criminal has taken place. So that empowers, right, and it gives, <laughs> and it, and it gives some authority in extensia to the Karens and the Kins, and I'm sorry, I love people whose names are Karen and Ken, so I'm not, you know, trying to be malicious. I'm just using the term that's being popularized and kind of using social media right now, and that you can Google and actually find these people being arrested um, or calling the cops on folks and some of the actions that are taking place in different areas to try to combat them, like San Francisco trying to put out the actual Karen Act to stop people um, from basically being bigoted, discriminatory, and profiling minorities um, and, you know, just minorities primarily and using that as an excuse to weaponize the police against them, right? One, it's a waste of the police's time, right? Blue time matters, right? We're wasting the police time by arbitrarily calling up cops on everybody we think looks suspicious. And our suspicion always seems to be based on, on race or some kind of ethnicity, right? People don't speak English because um, they're Hispanic and they seem suspicious. Or someone's black and you're not used to seeing black neighbors, so then they're suspicious. And then we deployed the police instead of being out there protecting and serving. Now they're an extension of someone's racism or someone's bigotry or someone's fear. And that puts the police in a bad situation, right? Like, if we look at all these scenarios, even when the cops wind up in very questionable interactions with individuals, even looking at George Floyd, when the cops were called, you know, basically dispatched because of a fake $20 bill, right? The individuals who call the cops reporting the $20 bill is what's initiating the contact between minorities and police officers. So when we have civilians who are untrained and in most of the cases unwise and definitely containing some implicit bias, when that's who's directing the police force, you're, 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 the, the, the result in reality is going to be a police force that operates on implicit bias. And then when you add fear to implicit bias and the fear is in the tone of fear and the fear of aggression is put into the phone call like we saw Amy Cooper try to do with Christian Cooper in Central Park, right? Like, oh my God, he's coming near me. He's attacking me. Then I've got a call with implicit bias, right? That's, 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 in, that's basically painting suspicion on a minority and then adding fear to the context, which then makes the police respond in fear, with aggression, with, you know, unknown to them, only based on implicit bias and no actual criminal activity. And then we have to, and then we have to, uh, we, we have to watch these things um, ferret out and kind of unfurl, right? So 
Like, lately, we've been getting to see a lot of them on video. Lately, we see a lot of other citizens standing up for and trying to combat the Karenisms and the Kenisms of trying to report the police and, um, and covering up their, their implicit bias and racism with, um, with ambiguous you know, observations of suspicion and potential criminal activity. But at the end of the day, it's still happening on a pretty rare, a pretty frequent basis. I find like three or four articles every day, and I'm not even looking for them. Um, they're just in my feed because of how I have it programmed um, and the, the information I have to capture. So these are the ones that are being recorded. These are the ones that are making it to national news headlines. When you expand that, this is happening frequently. So when I say make racism illegal, when we're talking about the Karens and the Kins of the world who keep wanting to, fall, who keep wanting to call the police, one thing that I want to say is we should start arresting and finding people for filing a false police report, right? Blue time matters. Let's stop wasting the cops' time. If my child was in school and pulled the fire alarm, I would have to pay for the fire department to come out there in the wasted time if there was no fire. So when racist people pull the fire alarm of suspicion or pull the fire alarm of criminal activity or pull the fire alarm of someone breaking the law, and it's determined that that person is absolutely innocent, right? That now you've now detained a citizen and violated their constitutional rights. And if the only thing that your suspicion was based on was the observation of their skin color and the fact that their skin made you uncomfortable or fearful, I think that person should get a fine, right? Like, I don't care, right? Like, okay, your kid pulled the fire alarm. It was a prank. Somebody peer pressured him into it. I don't really care. You still need to pay the fine. You wasted the, um, you wasted the fire department's time. Somebody's house could have been on fire. In the same regard, some, you know, there could be a robbery taking place right now. There could be a domestic violence situation. There could be a child choking somewhere right now, and the closest first responder would have been a police officer, but that police officer is responding to somebody who, in their racist observation, assumed that some black kids were trying to, you know, were trying to peek in the garages to steal things when they were doing a football fundraiser and selling candy, right? Like, if we determine with, within a reasonable doubt, right, and I think we can, you know, I think people are intelligent enough right, or I'm going to hold people to a standard of being intelligent enough, to, to within a reasonable doubt say, look, ma'am, the only reason you called is because these kids were black. So we're going to give you a ticket. We can start low, make it a ticket for 250 for filing a false or police report, first of all, wasting our time as the police department, and then also penalizing the fact that you wasted this private citizen's time by requiring them to be detained, to be questioned by the police because of your actions. Because what you don't understand is that when you make that phone call to the police, when you then interject the police, now you're now subjecting someone else right, to being detained, to being questioned based on criminal activity that they didn't do. So not only are you wasting the police's time, you're wasting the time of a private citizen based on your inane observation that's heavily influenced by implicit bias and a lot of times seems to be rooted in racism, right? So I want the Karens and the Kins to have to pay a fine for, for false police reports. So that's that's my number two. So right, white supremacy should be declared a terrorist organization, and we should have more federal oversight in what states do with terroristic threats. You know, um, these web pages dedicated to white nationalism, and you know these extreme organizations that are talking about killing Jews, killing black people, killing homosexuals, killing Hispanics and immigrants and everything else. They should be patrolled and arrested and intercepted just as much as the much fewer Islamic extremists we have in America that are plotting, that always seem to get stopped 
yet and still people still manage to get guns and shoot up schools or you know or to or to get guns and um and you know try to lynch people out in public so or like you know with Ahmad with the in Ahmad Arbery an entire neighborhood can have a discussion about tracking a black man's movements who is doing nothing illegal and then three men hunt him down and kill him right so that's the tangible example of what it looks like when white supremacy and implicit bias, right, but starts to terrorize a citizen. They hit the boy, you know, they hit the young man with his car, right, and then chased him even more. That is terrorism. That puts fear in the hearts of black people who are adjacent to or within that community that your life is at risk, right? And that's what terrorism is. It's fear. So the people spreading these notes, trying to recruit, right, trying to say that black people want to kill you, that the Black Lives Matter movement wants to murder all white people, that is terrorism and it should be treated as such. Secondly, Karen and Ken need to start paying fines for wasting the cops time and causing individuals to be illegally detained by the police based on their ridiculous observations of black suspicion, black, brown or Hispanic suspicion, right? Where's your papers and all of this other nonsense that we're seeing in the media right now. So that deals with the, with the Karen and Ken and they're kind of innocuous and not as deadly. Right there. I mean, they are not deadly. Right. Calling the police and then claiming someone's trying to kill you. Right. You then weaponize the police to take somebody's life uh, because of your stupidity. But the more serious, the more serious situations, which is why white supremacy needs to be treated as terrorism, because when you have these situations where you have these violent, either physical or verbal attacks, they normally start as, as violent verbal attacks in public where you largely and you know largely have white people who are snapping on people of color calling them out their name threatening to kill them threatening to shoot them in the face threatening to lynch them and all of this other insane stuff because of masks people wear because of shirts people wear right because somebody asked you a question about their maga hat right because someone you know cuz someone had on a black lives matter shirt and you wanted to say all lives matter but this ridiculous violent aggression against people based on ethnicity or color in America largely goes unchecked, right? We watch the videos and it largely goes legally unchecked, right? There are, there are social and civil penalties associated with it because now we're seeing these people, thanks to Twitter, largely not the police or the FBI, but thanks to Twitter, who's identifying these individuals and then finding out where they work because we've got like the NCIS of Twitter tracking down racist folk. But they do all the work, right, identify and, and cut through the, the red tape and the bureaucracy and then go directly to people's employers and report the videos and report the snippets and the behavior, and then those people lose their jobs. But a lot of times, these people are threatening people's lives in public using racial slurs and hate speech, and they never get arrested. So the third part of, and I'm only, only going to touch on three points today, I'm going to give you three talking points like I do when I do a sermon. Right. So the third point is when it comes to all of this hate speech and disruptive racist behavior that we continue to see filmed and then put on TMZ or World Star Hip Hop or uh, Buzzsprout or Democracy Now or Now This or whatever. These people need to be arrested. They need to be arrested. And so for anyone who doesn't understand why they need to be arrested, um, let me give you very two very simple things that are illegal um, that you could put in this category. Some people saw this. I shared it on my Facebook page. So disorderly conduct 
is a, it's like a catch-all that police use to arrest anybody for disobeying anything, right? So even if you're in a if you're in a restaurant and that restaurant has conduct, right, um, listed, if they say you got to wear shirt, shoes, mask now, right, <laughs> pants, and you walk in there butt naked, right, you can be arrested for disorderly conduct. You can be arrested for indecent exposure as well. Um, but right, like as soon as as soon as a, a, a lawful order is given. Um, or a reasonable order is given, the police can choose to arrest you for disorderly conduct for refusing to do so. So given the fact that a lot of this stuff occurs before the police show up, a lot of it continues to go when the police show up because people know they're not going to get arrested. Um, So if it's not, you know, within an ordinance or something else within the city, especially when it comes to noise or whatever else that they're violating, the other wonderful catch-all that's used a lot when people are out protesting, you know, peacefully, you know, in, in, in some kind of civil disobedient movement is the wonderful disturbing the peace. Now, I don't know if disturbing the peace is a law in every city, in every state. I know it's, it's, a, it's a rather common law, but I would think someone yelling profanity, racial slurs, and violent threats in public in the presence of other people's children, in the presence of the elderly, within earshot of anyone who doesn't want to hear this vicious toxic nonsense would at least qualify for a citation of disturbing the peace, right? It would at least get you a ticket. So again, when I'm saying illegal, I'm not saying people need to go to Guantanamo Bay and get waterboarded for racism, right? I'm saying that stupid actions should win stupid prizes, right? And then sometimes people don't feel the stupidity. Um, one, of my, one of my instructors in the Navy used to always say stupid should hurt because right now stupid doesn't hurt. Stupid could be embarrassing. If somebody actually films you and then it gets put out there, right, then you might lose your job. But then, you know, some other racist boss will hire you and say that you were exercising your freedom of speech, right? You'll wind up like George Zimmerman traveling around the country signing autographed photos in Skittles bags instead of being in hell because um, I, don't, I don't care. Like, that's, that's horrible, right? Like, you're signing a Skittles bag in Arizona tea bottles. I'm, 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 yeah, there's special places in hell for people like that. Um, and I'm not going to get Christians. Don't take it too seriously. Right. It's, it's a statement. Just calm down. Um, everybody else knows what I meant. Um, but in that vein, right? Like these people probably won't be permanently unemployed because there are plenty of racist people that will give them a job. I mean, you got people who do racist stuff and then start GoFundMe pages when they get fired. Like, and people donate money to it. A lot of money to it. George, George Zimmerman lived off of GoFundMe money for years. Um, and selling paintings. He became an artist and a public speaker about what? Being a moron? Like, I want you to come and talk about being racist and getting beat up by a 16-year-old and you couldn't win the fight, so you shot him. Like, that's a victorious person. I want to come give a graduation speech. Not so much. That's a, So you're, you're, in, you're getting invited to racist rallies to talk about racist nonsense under the guise of Second Amendment rights or standing your ground um, when you stood your ground and got knocked out. So the rule should be you stand your ground until you get knocked down. Kind of like that platform game that they had in Gladiator, right? Like you stood on the platform, but when you got knocked off the platform, you lost. You didn't get to get knocked off the platform and after you were trying, trying to stand your ground and then shoot the other Gladiator from in the foam pit because you got knocked down. That's not how the game worked, right? You stand your ground. When you lose, you lose. You don't get to lose standing your ground um, and then escalate the violence with lethal force when you're the only person with the weapon. That's called being a punk. Um, but 
with that, right? Like, we can't, like, they're, like, disorderly conduct, disturbing the peace. Like, those are things that when someone calls the cops and say, hey, someone's out here being verbally violent, hate speech, and threatening folks, even if there's no physical violence, you should be able to give that person a citation for disturbing the peace, right? And if there was, you know, signs of an assault, if they smacked somebody's hand, if they tried to snatch somebody's phone, if they pushed somebody, then that is physical assault with disturbing the peace added on to it. Because I know the criminal justice system knows how to compound, right? How people, they, they know how to compound offenses to, to, to make, to, to, to add more weight to the individual charges. So the cumulative effect of multiple charges has carries more weight than one, right? So even if it's assault and then you add disorderly conduct and disturbing the peace, then you're compounding that assault. It's not just a simple assault that they could get probation for because now they got to deal with the additional charges that are on top of that, right? So unless it's um, a civil rights violation, which some states have enacted, unless you get something like a Karen Act that adds the racism on top of it, unless it's in a state where they're allowing hate speech to be prosecuted um, at a state level, unless those things are in place, right, um, we basically have to wait until somebody is physically injured as if words aren't violent enough right? We will remove children from parents' custody because of verbal abuse, but we won't cite somebody and give them a ticket for threatening to kill somebody in public. Seems a little, seems a little biased to me, right? Seems like, seems like there's an imbalance of the force there, right? So we need to start correcting that. And the more that we speak up about it and what I want people to do who wear the shirt or who support the movement, then yes, you become the person that advocates and calls the cops. When you see somebody being irate, when you see somebody being verbally violent, when you see somebody assaulting someone and it seems to be based on race, sexism, sexuality, whatever it is, anytime we see somebody in our society being treated poorly, right? Don't think I'm just sticking my, my, you know, my flag in the racism one. I think anything, any poor treatment of individuals should be illegal. I think people who are abusing their children in public, that should be illegal, right? I think people who are verbally berating and cussing out their children and using all kind of profanity, I think that should be illegal. I think you should get a ticket as well. So uh, right now, you know, before we move into and get too diluted, I'm focusing on racism. But please, if you're in public and you see any kind of ridiculousness taking place that's disturbing the peace or that you see as, as disorderly conduct, then that's when we should be using the cops. Not when black kids are selling water bottle. Not when black people are going to the pool. So I'm going to say this to all the white people who listen. If you want to use the cops to call 911 because you like talking to dispatchers, then please call the cops when you see people being racist. Call the cops when you see people doing racist stuff towards Hispanics. Call the cops when you see people making racist statements and derogatory comments towards workers or hostesses or cashiers, right? Call the cops on the cops when you see the cops being racist in the middle of a traffic stop or whatever. You see eight or nine officers descending on an unarmed black man. You call the cops because the report and the, and the, you know, and the sound of your white voice will carry some benefit. We need your help to make racism illegal, right? Driving while back, black, you know, all the other stuff. Okay, you, maybe you can't help us in every situation, but you can definitely help us if you call out racism when you see it, if you call the cops when you see people either abusing their power, abusing their authority, or abusing another citizen who's just trying to mind their business. We shouldn't allow it. We shouldn't permit it. And the law has the means to punish people, right, and to, dis, and to, to disincentivize that behavior. So we should use it.
right? Because being nice singing Kumbaya and We Shall Overcome ain't happened. Michael Jackson is dead. You know, we are the world. We are the children. Let's make the world a better place for you and me. It, you know, it's a little bit better, but it still ain't where it need to be. So singing and holding hands and kumbaya ain't been working, right? The church is still divided, you know, a bunch on whether or not racism exists and if Jesus is actually white. So right now they seem too preoccupied. That's why I got another podcast talking to the dear white church, because we got to address that as well. But to every other person, every ordinary citizen, every person who may listen to this podcast, don't take this as anger. Take it as a call to action. You have authority. You obviously get the police moving. Right. Because, you know, people call the cops and you see the videos. Cops show up for just about everything. So if you start calling the cops when you see people acting racist, if you start calling the cops when you see people being discriminatory or, you know, or or using their implicit bias to oppress minorities, I guarantee you people will stop because we need to demand that the cops don't only show up. That the cops start writing tickets, the cops start putting people in handcuffs and putting them in the car and detaining them and wasting their time and taking their information and their driver's license, right, and writing them citations and having them have to take time off to go to work and everything else that the other, right, like it's like do unto others as you would have them do unto you. So since you saw somebody was doing something wrong and you felt like the appropriate thing was to put them under the thumb of the criminal justice system, maybe when you experience it, you wouldn't be as apt to continue to call the police because you don't want that kind of treatment. You don't want that kind of disruption to your life based on somebody else's observation. Right. So number one, white supremacy, terrorism. Number two, Ken and Karen need to cut it out. (laughs) Ken and Karen need to cut it out. And they need to stop wasting the police's time, right? Blue time matters. So number one, white supremacy is terrorism. Number two, blue time matters. Let's start penalizing people for wasting the cops' time by just, you know, calling folks for racist nonsense. And number three, number three, number three, number three, number three, make racism illegal. Use your powers. Use your phone. Right. Get the get the get the numbers out, get the punch in the buttons, get the punch in the numbers and start calling the cops on these racist people doing racist things. Because, first of all, if you know, if whiteness is right now being projected as fragile and unable to deal with minorities in different spaces and the implicit bias is just running rampant, then you know what? Counter that. Right. Take your image back. Right. If you are a white person that likes to talk to managers, that likes to write letters and it likes to call the cops on things that you observe. You know what? I want to empower you to continue to be that. But call the cops on racist people who are saying nonsense, disturbing the peace, being disorderly and making America worse again. Right. We're making progress. But the dumb people are speaking the loudest. Right. Stupid people are winning stupid prizes. And it's making America worse again. So if that's your interest, if you like to write letters, if you like to write op-eds, if you like to write to the editor, right, if you like to speak to the manager, don't feel bad about that, right? Use your power for good, right? Report the ignorant people in the store, right? Report, you know, call the police, talk to the dispatcher, counter their claims, right? Be anti-racist, not just for diversity or for inclusion be anti-racist and if you're christian you'll learn that that means being more (laughs) christ-like christ challenged the system jesus would talk about what people were saying in their head let alone what they were saying out loud 
So when people say stuff out loud, hold them accountable to it and protect those who can't protect themselves, protect those who don't have the privilege to speak out, protect those who don't have the privilege of, of right not being met with violence if they, if they choose to, to retaliate or choose to, to have some kind of reaction. Right. Trust that trust that God puts you in that position for a reason. It's not something for you to film. It's not something for you to take a photo of. Pick up the phone, call the police and help use your privilege to make racism illegal. So thank you for joining us on the Savage Truth podcast. I hope that you continue to follow, subscribe. Um, definitely check out Dear White Church. Um, go to RoyDockery.org. Check out the blogs. Please check out my wife's blog, The Submitted Life. Um, if you have anybody out there who's a wife, a new wife, wants to be a wife, um, please check her out. My wife is amazing, um, and, and one of the only reasons but, but besides God that I'm actually capable of doing the things that I do. So um, please check her out. You'll see the Submitted Life section on, on my blog as well. And continue to support, continue to share. Um, thank you. We went over 2,000 episodes uh, a few weeks ago. Um, I think we were 16 countries now, um, over 390, I think approaching 400 cities. So continue to spread the word, continue to spread the message, um, and continue to love your neighbor. And like I, you know, like I try to say as often as I can remember, um, please, please give Christ a try. Um, please, please give faith a try and judge Christ by Christ. Do not judge Christ by Christians, <laughs> two different people. So thank you for joining the Savage Truth Podcast. God bless you. Thank you for your support. Catch you on the next episode. Bye. Doing what I know I'm called to do Cause I'm living my life for Christ Ever since he gave me freedom I've learned to walk in the light Serving others out of love Preaching Jesus to save some lives Then the sudden naked Satan Is catching me by surprise Why am I feeling this? Lord, tell me Cause I know your Bible says If I trust, you'll never fail me But I'm feeling like my life is quite just Lord, can you help me understand The plans you have for this man? Cause I'm failing Never will you ever forsake us Because you got us But my questions start arising Maybe we got new problems Like a vein You may treat me in the sports Teams in the process Got us praise and other things That are worthless But I'm cautious Told you many times About the live your life through my body I just wanna live for you I ain't I don't impress nobody, I just want to be the servant you say and join the party, but I'm feeling like I'm trying too hard, am I being hardy? I know they say the father you father is not a loss, but I'm feeling like you gone and I'm wondering if I'm lost. I know that Jesus said to follow him had a cost, but the suffering just feels like too much. I'm living on the edge of seats, trying to find my way back home. I'm living on the edge of sea and now I feel like I'm alone. See the truth remains, Jesus then came and died for sinners. If we believe with all our hearts, Holy Spirit will dwell within us. And it's promised that this Christian life living is not a myth. But my faith is feeling tested, I don't want to feel like this. Why God, why Lord are you letting me go through this? Like Paul pleaded hastily, why you let Satan do this? I don't mean to be a loner, but everybody is clueless till my life will be crushed by the Father, if they knew this, they would have some answers telling me how to walk. It'll take this all to you, but they giving me worldly talk. Be happy, love life, and everything goes away. But to be broken by you, Lord, is the worst of all my pains. And I know I'm trying to change, but I'm supposed to be free. And depression got me in chains. If I really have my pick, I say, blow up my brain.
kids Cause I wanna be with you, love, forever I want the game I know they say the father you father is not a loss But I'm feeling like you gone and I'm wondering if I'm lost I know that Jesus said to follow him had a cost But the suffering just feels like too much I'm living on the edge of seats Trying to find my way back home I'm living on the edge of seats And now I feel like I'm alone How long, Lord, tell me how long must I cry? How long before you give in to me and let me die? Cause this pain is so unbearable, no? I don't want it parable You're an every word, even sounded so terrible at this time Cause my heart is feeling broken I pray, I just start choking Cause I feel like you ain't listening Emotions are in the motion of flowing. I'm knowing Satan is boasting because he's showy. All that Christians like me are so weak. But the blast from the past is coming back with a mask. He gonna bring the life, all the evil things being masked. Like the plastic faces I'm getting every time I preach. Serving out of love to others and feeding the people's needs like sheep. They go astray, and I wish this could go away. Cause my mission never changes, it's the same as yesterday and every day. Even when they never appreciate I'm working for you, Father, all the days. I will seek your face. I know they say the Father, you Father, is not a loss. But I'm feeling like you gone, and I'm wondering if I'm lost. I know that Jesus said to follow him had a cause. But the suffering just feels like too much. I'm living on the edge of seats, trying to find my way back.